Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our Reflections episode on Jimmy Thal. I am here with my usual partner in crime, Frankie C. Frankie, Frankie, Frankie. Hey, hey, hey. What is happening? Oh, not much, you know? Just your typical lovely day. Yeah, you just had a, you probably had a busy day. I think we both had busy days. And now we're capping yeah. it off with a little bit of a, just a look back. Right. Just a sweet little look back on Jimmy Thal. My buddy from North Vancouver who... Gave an incredible. Uh, I I loved listening to him talk. I have to say, um, the 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 one thing that stuck out listening to it back and and just even at the time when we finished the interview was how well spoken he was about his thoughts on songwriting and music. Like he he clearly has been thinking about this stuff and has verbalized it before. And it, so just I thought the way he presented his thoughts were just so interesting and so clear and really like there was a lot of moments where I was like. Yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. you know, like those kind of moments there. Yeah, he was so poignant. I feel like I left that episode recording realizing some big truth bombs. Oh yeah, about the way I've been thinking about things and how he's really grown and the way he looks at writing and how I could stand to adopt some of his mentality. What was like? What was something that, in particular, you thought was kind of powerful, like in terms of adopting? Oh, man, there were so many things. Um, But, you know, one of the big takeaways that he mentioned was like not trying to be anything Mm -hmm. like at one period in his career, he was trying to be cool. And, you know, he was copying Enrique Iglesias. uh, I can't say his name. Enrique Enrique Iglesias. 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 He was copying Enrique Iglesias's songs. I still sounded weird when I said it. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, (laughs) I can't, apparently. But yeah, he talked about how he was trying to be other things for a while. And when he just kind of wrote from a more truthful place, I guess from a place of not trying to be something else. Yeah, more honest um, place. Yeah, that it was better. Yeah, he gave that metaphor, um, which I really loved. Uh, It's one of my favorite hockey metaphors. It's like, you don't go where the puck is, you go where the puck's going to be. And most Canadians listening probably get that right away. And I'm sure a lot of the Americans from the northern United States probably get it. But for those who don't know, it's that sort of like the, the one of the favorite metaphors for Canadians is to, is to say that all the time. And it just means that anticipate where it's going instead of chasing 
you know, chasing this sound like everybody else, try to find out where it might be going next. And then you'll be doing your own thing, which will be really cool. He he said another metaphor, which I thought was really cool. He didn't say who told him it originally, but it was about snorkeling. For yeah, him. He was you like, just go out. If you go out the reef a little bit, you can find different things. Yeah, if you just kind of go in the nooks and crannies of the reef, you can find different fish. And I thought it was really kind of, I was like, oh, that's fascinating. I think, because I think all of us, we have a tendency, well, I won't say all of us, but I definitely will say me, I have a tendency to really like get excited about a line that makes sense. But sometimes I think it's not necessarily the coolest line that could be said, but I get excited that it fits so well. It's like, it's like a puzzle piece that fits, but it doesn't actually add to the picture in any sort of interesting way. Mm. And I've tried really hard in my life to be a bit more like level headed when someone tosses a line out that I'm like, well, that is cool, but I want to be a bit more critical and don't be negative and critical. I just want to be more thoughtful about is that the best possible line that we could put here? Or is, are we just saying, are we just agreeing to it? Cause it feels right. You know, it just fits nice, you know? And that, that's something that that metaphor made me think a lot about. Cause that's something that I really want to work on in my songwriting. Yeah. I, I feel like I could work on that too. Like for me, I, I get so fixated on moving the ball forward, mm. getting to the next line, to the next section. And I think if I took a little bit more time to kind of swim out to the side, really explore the things that we haven't thought about yeah. that, you know, maybe it could push those songs to the next level. It's a weird struggle because then at the same time, there are rights where people dig too hard, where they, where they swim for too long in those crevices and actually like kind of sideways songs as well. There has to be, I think there has to be a really important balance where like the room feels good about spending some time on something, but we're not like the room isn't blocking the progression of a song too. You know, it's kind of like, I definitely think like there's always a couple lines that come out first and fit in that you can go back and be like, hmm. Like even today I had to write um, and there was one, there was a one half of a line that I was like driving in the car and I was like, I wonder, like it makes sense and it sounds good, but I was just like, does it, I wonder if there's another way to say that that's, that's a little more interesting. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to break away from the conversationality of songs and you don't want to like just be so weird that you lose people, especially in country music. I think pop, we, we have a lot more, you know, we have a lot more room to do that. But, but in country music, it's still that fine line between are you being too smart and too clever and are you losing the conversational element of it? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think venture out in those waters, but maybe don't assume everybody wants to take the time to swim out there with you. Yeah, when everyone's <laughs> gone back to shore, don't still be out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, like, you it's know, dinner stay time, with the group. Yeah, stay <laughs> with the group, stay with the group, everybody. He also said something that like struck me because I think I've been so focused on like getting the cuts, getting songs placed in shows, like getting, I think, those accolades that sometimes I forget that the process is the rewarding part. Yeah. He said something that like punched me in the gut. He said, you know, if you look towards those things for your successes, it can be detrimental to your self-confidence because then you're looking elsewhere for that validation. Whereas if you're just finding your joy from writing an amazing line, you can feel confident in that. Yeah. That hit mm -hmm. me. Like, I didn't realize that I was literally doing that and losing my self-confidence because I kept riding those highs and then dipping back into the lows. And, like, if you just get excited about a good line in the room, you can be so happy doing it every day. That's the struggle, I think, for all of us is that we just, we all want that recognition that's just really so external and so fleeting 
in many ways artificial, you know, like it just doesn't last. It's not real. Yeah. It's not honest. Like it might be honest in the, in the moment, but it certainly doesn't last. It certainly doesn't fill, fulfill you, you know, whereas, whereas that, that, like his story about being excited about finding that song. I, I definitely was like, Oh, I know exactly what that's like. Like I have, de- I have literally stood up from the couch and like high kicked in rights, like done a karate chop because I was so pumped about the way a line had just landed. And, and, and those are the magic moments of the job. Yeah, they really are. I will say, um, one of the things that made me, well, there was two things that I just loved about this interview. And the first one was his discussion of the sons the sons of daughters breaking up because we have mm. we've had Crystal on we've talked about this breakup and how honest Crystal was about it and then there's Jimmy who's so sweet in the fact that he's willing to sh- talk about it too and you know what a nice gift that he trusts us with that story and same with I think I even said that about Crystal too um, and what I I really loved is listening to his side of it but his side of it and her side of it is so funny they you can really see how time is sort of like brought them to a very similar place in the reflection on that breakup, you know, and they both sort of recognized that they had just become kind of different people over the course of their journey. And and Jimmy says, he's like, look, being in a duo, being a band, it's like a marriage, right? It is. It's absolutely like you, you are working with someone and, and you have to be partners in life, you know, and, and, you know, like all relationships, not all of them can last. I thought that was just really interesting and, and how, it felt like after, you know, if you look, look, listen back to the Crystal episode, then you listen to the Jimmy episode, they kind of come to the same conclusions in many ways. He said something like, there was our dream, there was Crystal's dream, and there was my dream. Yeah. So often in these creative groups that we find ourselves working within, people have different goals. One person in the room might have a goal to get a number one hit, but somebody else in the room might have a goal to be viral on TikTok. Yeah. There can be so many different visions, yep. project to project, of what people are hoping to get out of that collaboration. I think it's really important to talk about those things because then you know that you're aligned. And when you realize that you're not, it might not be so drastic when one member of the group says, hey, I actually need to do something else. Yeah. This is my calling. Yeah, it'd be interesting to have spoken to them like a few months after the end of the band as opposed to like a couple years after. I'm sure like time heals all wounds and time gives them time to reflect as well. So th- th- yeah. I'm sure that was really valuable in being able for both of them to tell the story too. Yeah, I mean, Crystal's come so far in getting to really express creativity in the unique way that she never got to when she was a part of all these groups and Jimmy's crushing it. Jimmy's got hits for days. And I think now with that time, they can both look back and realize that they wouldn't be on those paths had they not split. I I think this all the time and I'm sure this is not anything new for those of us in music, but there is, I really believe that, you know, if you're trying to do what you feel you're meant to do, the universe or God or whatever has a way of, giving you those opportunities and putting you into situations that lead you into those places. Even though in the short term, stuff might be dark and stuff might be hard and you might be sad and you might be angry or you might be hurt or, or lost, you know, all that stuff. But there's a, I just, I really believe that on the other side of that, if you're being honest to yourself, there usually is something better on the other side of that. Something that you suddenly realize and you look back and you go, wow, 
it was pretty dark there for a bit, but look where I am now. Look, I'm doing what I was meant to do and I love what I'm doing. Maybe that's pretty woo for a lot of people, but I really, I really believe in that. Yeah. There's a light at the end of the creative tunnel. Yes, yes, ma'am. Um, you know, the other thing I loved about it too, I will say, Jimmy talking about sobriety. I, I've known Jimmy for many, many, many years, all, all the way back to North Vancouver. And just like so many of us in this industry, we all struggle with elements of our mental health. For whatever reason, being a creative seems to enhance the ups and downs of that mental health journey. Like the goods are so good, but the bads can be just crushing. And it was interesting talking about how booze was this sort of way that he would deal with his anxiety and deal with touring. And I mean, this is a story as old as time, you know, I mean, this, this, the way alcohol can creep up on you. And then all of a sudden you look around one day and you're like, you, you are relying on it constantly. And you didn't even know you were until you finally took a look in the mirror. Right. And it, and it's so interesting. I was so appreciative of him telling us about that and talking about how he found sort of sobriety and he's like, what was his, his a V8 or V6 engine that he only had two cylinders going and mm-hmm. since he was sober, he has all six going. I mean, I thought that was a really uh, poignant uh, uh, metaphor. Yeah, it really was. I think that, well, when the drinks are free and you're gigging night in and night out, it can be um, really just physically tough yep. on your body, but really tough on your creativity. It can hold you back. As a person who has a history of substance abuse, I had an assumption that in order to be a musician, like you lived this rock star lifestyle and you did the drugs and you, you took the shots. And only as I've gotten a little older have I realized that you really are creatively better when you aren't wasting your mental power on Mm -hmm. getting messed up it's a it's a learning thing that a lot of people have to go through i mean obviously like i'm i'm still one of those guys who likes to drink every once in a while but there's no doubt that when you can recognize that it's stymieing your creativity then you've broken down a very important barrier to being healthier as a person and and clearly jimmy was very open about how he had to go on that journey to discover it. Look, and I can't speak for everyone. Like, I know there are so many creatives out there that are like, oh, I'll smoke this little doobie and write the most creative song. Yeah. And look, I get it. Yep. Um, but also, when you take a hard look at yourself, if you really realize like, hey, I'm I'm not doing what's right for me. Yep. Um, and you're able to make that shift like him. I, I just commend you. I think it's so impressive. And... I think that Jimmy is really inspirational in how he did that and how much he's succeeded from doing that. That's that's absolutely, yeah. Inspirational is a great word for that. That's a nice way to end it. Thanks, Jimmy, for sharing his story because obviously we both learned a lot from it. Yeah, we appreciate that. And so for you out there, thank you for listening to our reflections on Jimmy Thau. I'm David Bonus. And I'm Frankie C. And remember, everybody, everybody sucks. sucks.